Hello, women of God. This is Erica. And Narcelli. And we want to welcome you to the Upstream Pursuit podcast, the leadership podcast for Christian women going against the current. Welcome back, pursuers. We hope you've had a great week, yes. Erica. Yeah. Um, I tried the Starbucks pumpkin spice frappuccino. Did you? And? Some things should just not be. <laughs> what? Yeah. They, sh- they Why? shouldn't. It was just not good. I've never heard someone say that they didn't like a Starbucks drink, and particularly a pumpkin spice. That's crazy. They're just drinking the Kool-Aid. Have you had your pumpkin spice yet? Well, I don't have frappuccinos, but I have bought a pumpkin filling. Um, So I'm hoping to make some pumpkin muffins and some pumpkin pancakes soon. So I'm excited. That sounds really good, actually. (laughs) I am not a big fan. I do like like pumpkin bread and pumpkin pie. But okay. this pumpkin spice frappuccino is just is just not good. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know some of wow. you might be offended. Um, yeah. And so let me know if you are team pumpkin frappuccino or not. Um, and you're going to get judge you, And I'll judge you if you're team pumpkin. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, but actually, it's really funny because I love how I just totally made that um like team pumpkin, team not, right? Like a totally non-polarized topic. I just totally made it uh, polarized um, because that's how we go here in this society. But um, this is actually one of the reasons why I love the show Middle Ground. Now, I know you've seen one episode. Have you seen more than one episode? Uh, I think I've seen maybe two or three. All right. Well, speaking of Kool-Aid, I love that show a little bit too much. Um, so I watch quite a bit of it um, because, well, you you know that. I think, I, I mean, it's not a secret that I lean a lot more conservative than now than I have over the past because I've always been sort of in the, in the middle. I really enjoy listening uh, to people's viewpoints and learning from other people. And so Middle Ground is, if you've never heard of it, what it is, it's this uh, show and it's hosted by a YouTube channel called Jubilee. And what they do is they bring people together. Um, These people have opposing viewpoints and they sit them in a room, ask them some questions regarding some major controversial topics, and then allow each group to share their view um, and the intent really is just to help each group listen to the other side and then see where they find some middle ground, obvious, you know, the name of the show. And so one of the, the ones that I watched um, is one on the topic of abortion. And so today we're not going to be talking about abortion, but we do have a guest who has been on this show, and we're really excited to have her. So um, do you want to introduce yes. our guest? 
I do. And I'm excited. I have to say that I, so you usually send me the links if I'm going to watch something from there and they're like random topics. But I know every time I watch these topics, I get so nervous because I put myself in the shoes of being there and I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, that is just so much pressure because I don't like confrontation. I get really nervous with it. Um, so it would be super hard for me to do. So I kind of get like nervous yeah. and tense watching them. But yeah, um, sure. yes, so to so we wanted to highlight somebody who, you know, we feel is going upstream. And I couldn't help but ask a friend from church who I found out did something super bold and went on middle ground to talk about abortion. Not an um, easy topic. Okay. It's like, well, out of all no. the topics, this was the topic, right? It's insane. Yeah. So her name, uh, you know what, Abby, I don't think I've ever said your last name. Abby Marchetti. Is that um, right? Yeah. Um, Abby, Abby Marchetti is a weird Italian name. So rhymes with spaghetti, if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Well, my friend Abby Marchetti goes to Grace Church of Orlando with me. And since the first time I met her, I could immediately tell how super passionate she is about defending the faith. And she's mentioned that her own doubt as a teen has really given her this desire to go alongside struggling Christians and even skeptics to answer the questions. And get this, she currently teaches an apologetics class for high school girls. So that is so cool. Abby, you're my role model. Thank you so much for being here today and chatting with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you all today. Likewise, um, I love this show and I was so excited when Erica told me that you were on the show and then I got to, I I know it's our first time meeting, but I feel like I know you and I, (laughs) I know where you come from in the sense of like, I understand your perspectives, you know, our podcast is about going upstream and we felt like that was just so bold of you to to do knowing that you were walking in a room with people who would oppose your views and so we just commend you for that and uh, what we were hoping we would do today is just you know talk through just your time on the show and kind of understand your story better there's just so much to learn about you what we're hoping is that our pursuers can learn um, a few things from you about how to live a lifestyle that's bold, uh, bold and gentle, right? Yeah. So to to just, I guess, start us off, Abby, can you kind of explain how your this opportunity even transpired for you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've, um, like you and Arcelli, I've actually watched Middle Ground for a very long time and I love taking a look at their videos and so at one point I learned that you could actually subscribe to their casting emails and so what they'll do is occasionally they send out emails telling you about topics that you can apply for and so I did I signed up you know figuring there might be something interesting I could apply for and um, because I've seen they've done actually two other abortion videos before this one so it just so happened it came in my email that they were looking to do another abortion video and so I applied and um, and they actually called me back. And, and, and something to do, by the way, if you're interested in getting on the show at some point, so they have a little form that they want you to fill out. And um, one way to get noticed is to be be very, very strong and bold in your opinions. You know, they, they're not looking for someone who is sort of wishy-washy in their view. They, they want to see a clear statement of your opinion. So I tried to do that and then th- with the language I chose, and that got me a call. So they actually had a video call with me, and we talked back and forth. And then they ended up contacting me. 
and uh, got me signed on. So that that was uh, it was it was terrifying. I actually I fully expected to not get on just because of the amount of people applying. And then they contacted me a couple days before it was due to shoot and said, "Hey, we have a, we have a space. You know, come and join us." So bought bought my ticket to California, and that's what happened. Wow. Narcelli, I just want to say I dare you to go on. And if you would, what a I'm wishy-washy. <laughs> I'm wishy-washy. I'm not, no. I'm not bold yet. Come on. Well, Abby's going to teach us how. Yeah, Abby. maybe feminism. Okay. I could see you going on there and talking about your view on that one. I'm not ready, Abby. I'm not ready. <laughs> Abby, coach us. What do we need to do? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you know what? I, I appreciate you saying the, you know, that this didn't come easy to you, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a pull for you. And you could have easily just been like, nah, never mind, this is too much. But you didn't, you took a bold step of faith and, you know, decided to go on this, what would you consider it show episode for YouTube? I feel like I don't know what they use for the term for YouTube. But uh, and and you actually went on. So like, I guess explain to us a little bit about what the truth was for you that you were standing firm on and where did those convictions come from? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, well, first of all, I, I came to the show with with the knowledge that God, there's a God in heaven, that um, that this God exists and that he has given us moral commands to follow. Um, but also in weighing in on, on the abortion issue that God has created every human being in the image of God from the very moment of conception. And the thing, the fact that we are made in God's image is what gives us worth and, and makes us precious in the sight of God. And really that's what we're fighting for in a world that constantly dehumanizes people and sees them as just the product of time and chance and, and reducible just to matter. Um, we need a message of hope that there is meaning beyond this life and that a God exists who gives us purpose and hope. Was this something that was natural to you in terms of these types of conversations? Have you had these conversations before this opportunity with others? Yeah. So in many ways, I mean, I've this this particular avenue for the conversation so a youtube video is very new to me i'd never done something like this before but um just as an aspiring apologist someone who by the way the, the word apologetics comes from the greek word apologia and it means defense um, it's actually found in 1 peter three fifteen, where it tells us to give a defense for the hope that lies within us so um as someone who's really passionate about apologetics i've i've had the opportunity by god's grace to have evangelistic conversations with people and talk about the gospel first and foremost, but also to answer their objections. Um, whenever you evangelize, you're, you're going to come up against questions that people have, and especially in the abortion debate, it's very heated. And so um, as someone who's, I, I've, I've actually gone to abortion rallies before and stood for life there. Um, I've actually, with, with my mom, I've been able to minister okay. in front of abortion clinics and reach out to women who are just on the verge of, of uh, murdering their babies. Um, and so it's that those opportunities have given me the the ability to to answer some of the questions because there are a lot of common questions that come up um and so it's been it's been good to be able to have that practice of talking to women who are um who are in those situations and so um that's given me some practice and then additionally too a big part of being an apologist is study and so there are lots of resources so many 
so many better apologists than me who have gone before me and, and have really worked through some of the toughest objections to um, the sanctity of life in the womb. And so I've been able to learn so much from other apologists who have paved the way in that area. That's awesome. Okay, so you had you you you're used to kind of the mode of uh, defending the faith, um, just maybe not in, at this platform. This was like a, a level up into uh, a more, I would say, a public uh, national arena for you. Mm-hmm. So, with that, what would you say was difficult for you during this time when you had the opportunity to now go? in front of what you knew were going to be some opposing views, what would you say was maybe challenging for you at that time, if anything? Yeah, so um, something I think we were we were talking about this, this earlier, just the, the aspect of fear. I am, by nature, apart from the sanctifying grace of, of God, I am a very timid and non-confrontational person. My, my nature is to be very soft-spoken. Um, I'm, mm. I'm terrified of people disliking me. That, that's, a, that's a big thing. I tend to struggle with people-pleasing in my life. That's a sin that I, I have to cast down continually. Mm. And so going on this big platform was frankly terrifying. Um, I, I'm so surprised that their cameras did not pick me pick up my shaking because I was I was shaking so violently. I was absolutely convinced the cameras have to be picking this up somehow. And so that that was really the um, the big thing for me was just the, just the fear. And add to that, the lights and the cameras. Um, I wish I could show you all a picture, actually. I, I still have a picture from the set. And um, the, the set itself, actually, is very dim. So you, um, you may have noticed in the video, the, the lights seem to are very turned down. And so it's funny, yeah. all around the set, it's, it's very dark. Um, but the set itself, it has these lights that are coming down on you. Hmm. And so that atmosphere itself can be pretty intimidating. And so it took me, um, we actually filmed for a total of, yeah. I think, um, I think it was three and a half to four hours was the total amount we filmed. And um, it took me probably the first hour and a half to really start yeah. feeling comfortable in that environment. It took a while to get rid of the nervousness, I mm. think. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot in the conversation that didn't make it through in the video. Yeah, um, actually, quite a few, quite a few parts of the conversation were edited out. Um, I do think so. I know that Jubilee does their best to represent all the sides and 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 pick pieces or or parts of the conversation that are representative of each view. But there were some really crucial points that were edited out of the conversation. Um, A lot of, especially the apologetics, and even some of the more extreme views that were that were. mentioned by those on the pro-abortion side um there were there were some there were some pretty intense statements that were made um on their side that did not make it into the video um i am grateful though there there were um a a really really crucial part that did make it into the video that i'm i'm so grateful it it was brought to light um one of the girls on the pro-abortion side um, we, we had just had a conversation about um, whether women are aware of what they're doing when they choose to abort their, their babies. Um, and so so this yes, has been Abby. this is Let's a huge go. discussion and, and it's a, a lot of pro-lifers actually will take the idea that women uh, many women are victimized and they, they're not aware of what they're doing. And um, this has been a personal shift in my view. I used to I used to believe that I used to you know because the, the typical line um, is that women are the second victims of abortion, and I and I believe that for a very very long 
time. But just as I've engaged in conversations with women um, and and talked about this and, and, and had and had really intense conversations at rallies and other places and even in front of clinics, um, my my views on that have have shifted quite a bit. And, and this was evident, I think, in in that episode where there, there was a moment where one of the pro-abort women who had actually admitted to having an abortion, she said on air, um, I have, I'm trying to remember the exact quote, but she said, essentially, you know, I, I knew what I was doing. I knew that was a child and I didn't want to have a child is what is what she said. I have to get the exact quote. Um, and that and, and I think it was really crucial to have that there um, because it, it does show, I mean, as, as Christians, you know, we we need to talk about the reality of, of sin. In, in the abortion issue, um, while at the same time coming along with compassion, um, but also recognizing that that yeah. abortion is a sin, and so we need to treat it like it is sin. Um, and so I think that was a really, really good thing that made it in. But there was a lot, like there was, um, there were a couple of apologetic arguments. So, so there's um, typically in the abortion debate with the objections that are brought um, against the, the um, sanctity of life or the, the life of the baby, you know, the, the rights of the baby in the womb. Um, there's the personhood side, which says that the baby isn't a human being or, or isn't, doesn't qualify as a person. And then there's the bodily autonomy side of the debate, which says that even if the baby, the unborn baby is a person, no person has the right to use an, a woman's body without her consent. And so bodily autonomy arguments, both both sides can be challenging, but I find bodily autonomy arguments to be um, fair, in, incredibly difficult because, because you can even acknowledge the personhood of the baby and um, still say the baby does not have the right to the mother's body. And so there were some moments in that debate when um, when they brought up bodily autonomy arguments. And I responded with um, a common, it's called a thought experiment. It's something you can you can do to show, sort of re reduce an argument to its, to its absurd conclusion. And so it's called reductio ad absurdum. And so I was able to use one of these thought experiments in the debate. And unfortunately that, that section was cut out, which I, I, was, I, was, I was sad about that. But. Boo. Yeah, but I was going to say um, there were two specific things that really stood out to me um, during the video as it relates to your conversations. Um, and one of them was exactly what you just mentioned. I think you um, eh, I find it refreshing to hear you say that you have essentially shifted your view um, in regards to the reality of like women know, you know, knowing what they're doing essentially, because uh, for for a long time, I've also felt that way. Um, me, I've I've bought into the lie, I guess is what I'm saying, that um, you know women don't know. Um, and when I heard you say that, it challenged me a little bit. I was like, oh, and I thought it was is really bold thing to say because mm -hmm. it obviously not um not something that even the even the pro-life side um sort of jumped at it you know jumped at you for that and yeah, uh, yeah. that's what i aggressively again, yeah man yeah. they were very aggressive the tone the just again i was like my <laughs> i was tense just thinking like i would have just paused right there like I don't know if I would have been able to articulate anything else in my head just because I was trying to get through just the the um the um 
the sentiments that were coming right back at me because I, I don't do well um, in those conversations. But um, yeah, it, that was awesome. But and there was something else that you just said, Abby, that I kind of wanted to pick your brain on because I think I I want to believe that most of us want to be able to you know, stand firm on our beliefs and to acknowledge the lies and the sinfulness. I, I, I love what you said about that. So, you know, for someone listening, obviously they may not go on middle ground, right? But I believe God is calling us all to stand for truth, um, whether we're at the store or whether we're, you know, wherever we are. And so for someone who may be timid like you, what would you say about... Um, how to overcome that timidity or because you overcame it somehow, right? Like how did you do that? And what encouragement can you provide to someone else who has not maybe a desire to step out like that, but it's maybe um, the timidity just overcomes it. And look, I'm not a timid person, but I'm telling you, like I wouldn't be ready to go to a show like that. I think that I would seriously, so I'm not even talking about someone else like, on the podcast, like, I want to know how I overcome that, you know, mm -hmm. and step out in a way that's meaningful. And that is, like you said, it speaks truth, but also um, expresses, you know, godly compassion. Yeah, so so that's a great question about timidity. Um, and, and the first thing I want to say about about that is that I am still learning that lesson. Um, every single day, I, I kind of have to fight this fight against fear, um, because that's sort of been a defining struggle in my life. But something I will say that I've, um, yeah. I am learning to do, and this is an, something I've begun to implement into my life, is I, I know that the way my mind works, I tend to overthink things. And, and so when I let myself overthink things, it, it stops me from, from reaching out and doing the thing that I, I really am wanting to do. And so something I've been trying to do is, in a sense, um, volunteer for things or step out before I, ha I give myself time to think. So, for instance, um, with the mm. with that middle ground episode, I just said, "No, what? I'm not going to give myself time to pause. I'm going. I'm just going to do this." And it sounds crazy, um, but for me, be, just because my my mind tends to <laughs> chew on things and spiral down and, and overthink everything, I find that you almost need to take a risk and do something crazy without thinking of it first, because yes. especially if you overthink. You know, you, you do plenty of thinking, so sometimes it's it's a good time to not think. I know yeah. I know that sounds strange, but it's sort of been something I've been doing. But in in the context though of everyday life, so so let's say you're in mm -hmm. a grocery store and you notice someone. Maybe maybe they have a shirt that says um, that says like "My body, my choice" or something like that. Here's something I recommend: is you start with questions. Something I recommend for um, people who are just getting started in, in apologetics is a book by Greg Kokel called Tactics. And this book is excellent for people like, like me um, who are terrified of, of uh, starting conversations like this because it takes all the stress out of having gospel-centered conversations with people because um, all, the all the techniques he teaches you are mm -hmm. starting with questions. So, for instance, you see someone in the store that has a shirt that is saying, my body, my choice. Um, don't come in guns blazing and, oh, you know, you're, you know, you're pro this and you're pro that. Begin with, oh, I, I noticed your shirt. Um, could you tell me what that 
what that phrase means to you, something like that. Start in a soft way. Start by gathering information and you'll find that and, and really treat it like a normal conversation. Reach out, show interest in someone through questions. And then he, he has other tactics as well in how to gently lead the conversation um, and and do so in a very very non-confrontational way. So The Tactics is a fantastic book for Christians who um, are afraid of confrontation, but they want to have these conversations because um, it it helps you to engage other people, even strangers, um, with with really calm and even loving questions. And it helps to take a lot of the stress and I think the intensity out of these conversations. And so I highly, highly recommend that book as a practical mm. way um, just to learn some techniques. And, and I can throw some other apologists at you, but I recommend starting there because that'll give you some good boots on the ground um, advice for how to begin having these conversations. And then as far as how to begin, because you'll find that as you start having conversations, there will be questions you don't know how to answer because they may they may bring up an objection. And that is when apologetics really has its day in the sun. Because, and what, what I find is the more I have these conversations with people, the more I'm inspired to learn and study more because there are so many objections that um, we want to be able to answer as Christians. And so uh, you'll, you'll find a hunger in yourself growing to begin. And, and I can drop other apologist names as well, who have been dealing with objections specifically for the abortion issue, but there's other stuff as well. Um, that we, like God's existence and other areas mm. that um, this conversation will inevitably lead to. And so start with asking questions and you'll find that um, as you as you hear their objections, you're going to be driven naturally to get the answers to those questions. Yeah, that is actually one of the books I came across quite a few years ago. And that was the first book where I learned what apologetics was. Um, I That book was an easy read, which I definitely appreciated. One of the things I think that Greg Kogel mentions in this book is how stop allowing people to put you in the corner like make them defend their stance before you go in and defend your own. Because what happens is that a lot of times us as Christians tend to start trying to then defend our own, but then miss the whole point of them defending theirs, which if they're so passionate about theirs, they should be able to then defend why they believe what they do. And then going into several things that you're talking about, which is like asking them questions, finding ways to ask them those types of questions that then have them defend where their stance is before you give a explanation as to why you stand where you do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that's really important because um, in, in a lot of these conversations, people will make claims and it's, it's totally okay. It's not, it's not aggressive. It's just, it's just being, um, being confident to gently ask them to defend the claims that they make. You know, it's not, I mean, as a matter of fact, starting with those questions, asking them like, oh, you know, what do you mean by that? And, and how, did, how did you come to that conclusion that those are the two, um, th those are um, two of the questions and what he calls his Columbo tactic. If you read the book, you can hear more about, about how he, he talks about that. Yes. But um, in asking those questions, you're, it's, it's not an aggressive way, but you are in a sense holding them accountable for the statements and the claims that they're making. Because oftentimes, you know, it, all of us do this. We all make claims without really without really thinking through them first and, and understanding the implications of the claims. And so it's a good way to gently expose um, some of the thinking 
that might be going on underneath these ideas. And so I, I find it useful in, in conversations because it, it helps it helps to sow seeds of truth in a way that is that does not come off as like browbeating someone. So I know I had mentioned that there were two things that stood out to me from the video. Um, what the second thing that stood out to me was when you were sharing truth and the response that you received was, well, no, 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 no. You're just imposing your views on people, which I always think is so strange that someone, you know, would tell us as Christians that we're, we're imposing our views on them whilst, while they're simultaneously also imposing theirs on us, but they yeah. don't see it as that because they don't, um, many of them, you know, and like in that case, I don't, I, I don't know that the person had a, re- a religious affiliation, but um, do you have any, any comments on how to overcome that objection when someone says, oh, you're just imposing your religious views on us? Yeah. So the way that I would answer that question would really be twofold. Um, Number one, there is definitely a double standard going on there because we all, in a sense, quote unquote, impose our views on other people. Um, You know, especially and this comes into play when someone brings up the no judging objection. Typically, that's a misunderstanding of of scripture that we are called to judge righteously, not hypocritically. Um, And so that's really when when they bring up the don't judge passages, Mm. that's that's what that passage is referring to, is that we are not to judge hypocritically. But it's not that we aren't to judge at all, that we, in fact, are to judge righteously. We're called to expose the unfruitful works of darkness. So that's the first thing. But um, but all that aside, um, the idea that we are imposing our views on other people, all you know, all of us, in a sense, are. I mean, that's the whole purpose when we look at politics, right? Um, someone's views are inevitably going to be "quote unquote" imposed. And so the question is, what you know, what what is the yeah. truth? And and when it comes to the truth, you know, what is what is the purpose of government? You know, it is it is to uphold what is good. And so the question is, what is good? Well, we need to affirm the sanctity of life of all human beings. So the same people who would say that it's it's wrong or that Christians are imposing their views on others are, are happy to impose their views when it's something they agree with. So for instance, we, we all would agree, and, and putting aside the, mm-hmm. the question of the unborn for a second, we all, we all would agree that it is right for the government to have a law against murdering adults. I mean, that's something that we would all agree with. And, and so we're still, that is still legislating morality. And it's because that law is based in a moral standard. Yeah, the, the saying that murder is wrong. And so the question is, um, what what is the what is the right moral standard? What what is what is the truth here? And so that's really what it comes down to. It's not that um, the government should not impose any any moral standard at all, because if so, there would be no justification for laws like against murder, against stealing, against other things. Um, so the question is, mm-hmm. what what is the moral standard that is the true moral standard? And where does that come from? Which, by the way, also leads into the moral argument for God's existence, that moral laws um, cannot come from nature. They must come from a lawgiver, and it requires a personal creator. That's um, that's kind of a classic argument for God's existence. But all that aside, um, yeah, I think, number one, it's a double standard um, that typically everyone, whenever you get involved in politics, you are necessarily imposing your views on other people. And second of all, um, all laws legislate morality. You you can't escape that. So the only question is, what is the right morality? Yeah, that's good. 
So, Abby, um, you've shared, one, that it doesn't take you to innately be bold to do something like this. You shared that your tip is don't think about, just do. I do think we often talk ourselves out of most things that, honestly, even the Spirit's telling us to do. And we, our physical nature of wanting to please uh, other people uh, prevents us from just doing what, what God's wanting us to do. So thank you for, for sharing that tip. Um, in this whole experience, and obviously you had said that this is not something that comes natural to you and that it was something that you went out as stepped out of faith and chose to do because you believed it was right. Um, where have you seen evidence of God's presence in this experience? Yeah. So um, let, let me tell you this. Um, I had lots of people praying for me. Um, I, I called on all my friends, you know, please pray for me. This is about to happen. Um, and I remember the whole time I, w- I kept praying, Lord, Lord, help me have the words to say. I mean, every every time someone br- would bring up an objection, Lord, help me, help me, help me. And um, uh, uh, something that's very sweet about experiences like that is um, y- you get to really lean on the Lord because in those circumstances, you know, I mean, I, for me, I know that left to myself, I would not be able to do that. Um, that I'm not trusting in my own words or my own ability mm-hmm. to persuade, yeah. but I'm trusting ultimately in in the spirit to convict the hearts of, of those who may hear. And so when you step out like that, um, which mm-hmm. is only by God's grace, I think the Lord meets you and he gives you courage that cannot mm-hmm. come from you. I've had so many experience like, experiences like that where when when you you respond and you do and and you step out and do a scary thing you you will find that the lord grants you that courage and that there's this real sweet communion with the lord i think that that i've experienced in that of being able to rest in him and cast myself completely on the grace of god and saying god i am so helpless i need you right now this the deeper awareness of our dependence on god is something that has been a treasure to take away from that experience and other experiences I've had in conversations like this. That's beautiful, Abby. Um, I would imagine that in the same way you've seen evidence of, you know, God's presence. Has there been any, any evidence of backlash? You know, has have you gotten any negative comments or anything like that as a result of your participation in the show? Yeah, so um, I will say when the video first came out, I was kind of casually scrolling through the YouTube comments and I saw I saw the first YouTube comment there about me and it says something like, oh, you know, this this girl, Abby, calls herself an abolitionist, you know, LOL. And I'm like, oh, boy. And so um, I've seen I've seen some other few comments here and there. And so I've decided not to really look through the comments because I think it's it's probably not very edifying. I mean, YouTube comments in general are vicious. Um, but yeah, um, I, it is pretty funny though. I have, um, some people, I guess have come up to me with, if, if they've seen me around, like I've been to a couple conferences related to, um, the abolition or, or, you know, the abolition of abortion, or even, um, I went to, I went to a Ligonier conference, um, not too long ago, I think, um, a couple months ago and someone had recognized me from the video. And so we, we were talking a little bit about that. So I've had some really sweet messages from people who, who, who saw my video. And then I just know there's a whole world of YouTube comments out there. I'm not going to look at them. Um, you know, I'm just going to rest in the fact that, that, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm valuable on the side of God and that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's really good. Yeah. I mean, that, 
goes back to Matthew ten twenty two, right? Where you know you will be hated for my namesake. I mean, it, the, the, we already know, right? We know that when we're speaking God's truth, that's inevitable to come, um, and there is a cost. And we've talked about that. Narcelli and I have talked about that. That a lot of times when we're choosing to go upstream. There is a cost, and and we know that there is a cost. Um, how can we be aware of that, but yet still go boldly um, in sharing the good news and God's truth to those around us? Yeah, I heard a pastor say once, um, "If you're speaking truth and there ain't no sharks, that means there's not enough blood." <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and I was like, noted. Um, yeah. no, um, I was going to say, oh, I have so many questions. Um, Abby, would you come back to talk to us? I, I, I would, I would love to. Yeah. It's, this has been so much fun. Yeah. Cause I want to, um, I want to ask about, uh, the apologetics with the girls, but I'm also thinking that maybe we should just do a whole episode on apologetics with you. Yeah. I think um, so. And then maybe even do a completely separate one on just the abortion, because we do want to do a series on abortion. Um, we're just still thinking and praying through that mm-hmm. one. So I'm thinking that maybe we just stop here and then we invite you back if that's OK. I, I would love that so much. Um, this has been such a cool experience, guys. I'm really I'm really grateful that um, you guys reached out to me. You know, it's, it's such an honor. Thank you. Um, to, to talk to you guys. So I, I would I would love it. So just you know, give me a date and time, and, and I'll do it. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much, Abby. I just wanted to say just thank you for being a voice. I think especially um, you know I know that you're in your early twenties, and the conversations that you're having are really important. I this morning um, was thinking about um, human rights, and I really do believe that um, the topic of abortion is the human rights issue of our generation. And I am very proud of you uh, for stepping out. And uh, what we really do hope is that this not only encourages us, but encourages our listeners to step out, to not allow um, their age, whether they're young or older, to stop them from having bold and gentle, compassionate conversations, especially when it comes to standing for truth. Thank you so much for in- inviting me. I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you all. And thank you so much for your encouragement of me too. You know, this is this is something that I'm I'm still growing in and there's always room to learn more and, and to, to deepen my knowledge of God and of his world. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think it's important. And Abby, you know, that I want to highlight on that, that it, it is very important that us as Christian women continue to support and encourage mm-hmm. each other in these difficult seasons where God may be asking us to step out on faith and do something that we may not feel comfortable with. But that sweet friendship that God brings into our lives um, and the blessings that he has with the people around us is something that we shouldn't take for granted and definitely utilize. And so I'm glad that we were encouragement for you, Abby. You are definitely encouragement to us, and you're going to have me go bring back out my tactics book with Greg Kokel <laughs> yeah, and uh, do that. I'll actually put that one. We're going to put the YouTube link uh, with Abby uh, in it in our uh, description, and we'll also send you to Greg Kokel's uh, tactics book as well. 
Yes. All right, pursuers, we hope that you have enjoyed this session with Abby. I know that I have, and I know Erica has. And so uh, we want to challenge you to look into these resources. So thank you so much, Abby, for this resource. And we also want to challenge you to be bold and gentle, to ask God for opportunities for you to just stand firm on truth. Um, we love you as always, and we hope you have a great week and let's stand for truth pursuers.